Welcome to JRoot Radio here on JRootRadio.com. This is the Halakha Hour airing live on... Thank you. This is the Halakha Hour airing live at 2 o'clock on Wednesday afternoons. If you're listening to this at night, so we're not live. We are actually... This is a rerun, so therefore you can't call. A lot of people told me that they try to call at night. We're not here at night. We're actually here only on at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, 2 to 3 o'clock. In the Halakha hour, we work off the Benish Haya and we try to learn the Halakhot, to explain, to clarify, to understand the Halakhot, also to be able to, um, just not just understand, but to also to apply it and to make it very, very practical. We are up to a new parasha, Parashat Vayetze. And in Parashat Vayetze, in the Benish Haya, in Shana Shaniya, the Benish Haya talks about the laws of Motsa'e Shabbat. What the subjects in this week's parasha are, there's a lot of them. There is, and if anybody's interested to look further into the poskim, into the Shulchan Aruch, where all the sources come from, you can look, all these halakhot are found in Siman Ritz Gimel until Siman Ritz That's what the parasha covers. And the subjects are in this week's parasha are Arbit of Motsa'e Shabbat, the times, including the times, also, all the laws pertain to Havdalah, eating and drinking before Havdalah, also the Besamim, the Meoreha Esh, also Havdalah for women, and we conclude the parasha with the subject of Mlaveh Malka. This is this week's parasha, this is Parashat Vayetzeh, the halakha that we're up to. But before we get to the halakha, we want to take a little bit of time to address what happened this past week, the tragedy in the Jewish people. First of all, this class is Lalun Nishmat, the three Bahurim, Yaakov, Naftali, Ben Ahed, Devorah, Gilad, Michael, Ben Bad Gilam, and Eyal, Ben Iris, Teshura. Hashem, Nikom, Damam, Tehin, Nishmatan, Surah, Besorah, Hayim. And really, there's, it's very difficult to speak. It's very difficult to address the subject and to speak about it. When the tragedy happened, we were asked, different rabbis from the radio, to speak on the radio. And really, not much to really say. Why? Because Hazal tell us in the Gemara Masechet Berachot, Amar Rapapa, Rapapa says, Agra debet tamya shetikuta. The reward for a person going to the Bet Avel is a silence. What the Gemara over there brings a list of things where where you get the most reward from. The Mashal, the Gemara says, the reward of learning Torah is the preparation for learning Torah, which is running to shul, running to the Bet Midrash, running to the Shi'ur to listen to the Torah. You get your reward already from there, and that's the main part of your reward. Likewise, the Gemara tells us when one is visiting the Bet Abel, one is visiting those who are mourning, the reward is silence. What does it mean, silence? It means to sit there and to be quiet. In fact, that's a halakha lemaase. Whenever you're visiting a Bet Abel, whenever you're visiting a person who's sitting in mourning, sitting in Shiva, you're not supposed to address them first. You're supposed to go there and sit. Even if you're a very talkative person and the mourner is one of those very, very quiet people, Halakha says you sit quietly. You show your, thympa- your sympathy, you sit next to them, and you don't say a word. Only once the mourner begins to speak, to start speaking to you, you're allowed to reply. And even when you reply, keep the Gemara's words in mind. Shetikuta is the greatest reward, which means sometimes it's better not to say than to say something that might be wrong. And really... The, the I was listening last night to Dr. Baharav and he said something very, very important. And he pretty much went along the same lines. 
there's not much to say here. There's really our, our, our role over here to the parents, for sure, there's not much that we could tell them. Who are we to give an explanation of why it happened and what could happen? And what, the, what reminds me of over here is there's a famous story from one of the visions to Rabbeim. One of the rabbis of visions in the past, I think it's Rabbi Saul of visions. I'm not 100% sure, but in any case, he once tells his Gabbai, come with me. We want to go visit a very wealthy person. Okay, so the Gabbai doesn't know why. He thinks that he, maybe he's going to collect from this wealthy person. This wealthy person happened to be the manager of a certain bank. So the visitor rabbi goes with his Gabbai. They knock on the door. And of course, the manager of the bank, this wealthy man, sees the visitor rabbi and he gives him all the honor, all the kavod. He invites him into the house. He, he sits him down. He serves him. And meanwhile, the visitor rabbi is not saying a word. And out of respect for the Rebbe, the wealthy man sits there in silence waiting for the Rebbe to address him. Obviously, he came to his house and he wants to tell him something. But the Rebbe doesn't say a word. He sits there in silence. And of course, the Gabbai is not saying a word. So the wealthy man looks at the Gabbai and the Gabbai, you know, he says, I don't know. I don't know, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I don't know why he's here. So finally, the wealthy man tells the uh, Rebbe, Rebbe, can I, is there anything we could do for you? Rebbe doesn't say a word. He sits there silently. Fifteen minutes pass. The Rebbe gets up. He says, okay, thank you very much. And he starts heading out. So now the, the wealthy man can't contain himself. He says, Rebbe, Rebbe, I, I, you have to tell me. What, what was the purpose of the visit? How come? What, what, was the Rebbe, what did the Rebbe want to tell me? To that, the Gabba, to that, the Rebbe says, you know, what could I tell you? Chazal tell us that just like it's a mitzvah to say something when it has to be said, there's also a mitzvah not to say something when nothing should be said. I wanted to tell you something, but I know that if I tell you, you're not going to hear it. You're not going to accept it. So there's a mitzvah for me not to say something. But to not do anything about it, I can't do, I can't do that either. So therefore, I came to the house. I did my hishtadlis. I did my effort. I came, but I can't say it because I know you're not going to be mikavalit. So the wealthy man got, was very moved. He said, no, no, you have to tell me. Rabbi. Tell me, please, I'm going to try to do it. He says, no, you're not going to listen. He says, no, you have to tell me. He finally, he tells him, you know, there's an almana. And she owes a lot of money to the bank. And I know you have the right to collect the money for the, from the almana. But, you know, what can I tell you? She has no money. And she came to me crying. And I know that she owes you the money and there's really not much to do. So, but I, I can't just not do anything. I have to do something. But I can't tell you about it either. That moved the wealthy man that he sponsored to pay for the loan of the almana. But the idea was that you have to do something, but you can't say anything. That's really where we're sitting in, where we're standing right now. All of, This is a mourning for, not just for the families of the three boys, but this is a mourning period for all of Klali soil. Sfarim bring down that the neshamas of the Jewish people, you know, Chazal tell us that kol Yisrael arevim zelazeh, kol Yisrael arevim zelazeh. All the Jewish people are connected to each other, or we're guarantors for each other. There's a connection between all the Jewish people, and we feel for each other. Maruch Hashem, if this is one of the qualities of Jewish people, Rahmanim, but they feel so much about each other. But the Sfarim bring down even more. They say that the souls of the Jewish people they all come from the same place, as Chazal tell us that. All these components are all from the same source. But more than that, that they're just the same source, we're connected to each other. And the more the soul, the greater the soul is, it has a connection to more Jews. 
and the medayik from the words of the Rambam. The Rambam writes, when it comes to a king, he has to keep a Sefer Torah with him. The Torah tells us that a king must carry a Sefer Torah with him at all times. Why? Says the Rambam, because the Torah says, Velo yasur levabo, that his heart should not go astray. Why should his heart not go astray? Who cares? Let the king, you know what? If the king is a little bit uh, crooked, he's not such a righteous king, how does that affect the Jewish people? Okay, so the Jewish people remain tzaddikim. Says the Rambam, no, that's not true. The heart of the king is the heart of all the Jewish people. And Sfarim explained that the king's neshama, the neshama of the Jewish king is a very, very high and elevated neshama and therefore has a connection to all the Jewish people. If the Jewish king makes a mistake, even if it's a small mistake, it could be felt by all the Jewish people. All the Jewish people are connected to the Jewish king. And therefore, when we see such a tragedy happening, that just happened to us, which affected all the Jewish people. Every single person was affected by this tragedy. Every person felt it. Everybody came to pray when we didn't know what really happened. Everybody prayed for them. Everybody was saddened. Everybody was in tears. Everybody's hearts were broken when we heard the tragic news on Sunday. And so, therefore, we are all connected to these neshamot. And therefore, we are all also mourning for these neshamot. And at times of Beit Tamiyah, Hazal Talas Shetikuta, the reward is to be silent and not to speak really to try to, you know, we try to understand, but how can we understand? What do we know about Hashem? How can we understand the ways of Hashem? Hashem Hashem is very good to everyone. Sometimes we see it, sometimes we don't. In these times that we don't see it, we have to understand ultimately that Hashem is good. And what we could do though, is from this point onwards, from this state, what we could do from now onwards is what we could do to elevate their souls. To try to explain what happened in the past, that's not, that's not our area. That's Shetikuta. For that, we need silence. But from now onwards, what we could do is we could do because no one really dies by the Jewish people. The souls just go to a different place. The Neshamot are in a better place. And where they are right now, we could do for them. What they couldn't complete, they were taken so young, 16, 19 years old, they were taken away from us at such a young age, they couldn't accomplish much by us, collectively as a Jewish people, on their merit, and their zikhiyot, we could do for them. We could learn Torah for them. We could do mizvot on their behalf. We could do mizvot la'alun nishmatam. We could give tzedakah la'alun nishmatam. Many things we could do, even blessings, berachot parties, or making berachot, answering amin la'alun nishmatam, just like anybody would do by any other yortzite, or when a person is in the year of mourning. We're in a period of mourning for these three boys, and therefore, we dedicate this class, la'alun nishmatam, na'bezat Hashem, Hashem shall elevate their souls, and Hashem shall protect all the Jewish people in all the places, at all times, and that we should see Barzat Hashem in the Geulah Shalema and Tahiyat Hametim. We're all united together again. Learning Torah and Nehenim Zifa Shekhinah. And now we'll move on to the laws of the parasha, Parashat Vayetze. Like we said, this week's parasha, this parasha, excuse me, not this week's parasha, but this parasha, particularly in Sefer Ben Hai in the second year, discusses the laws of Motza'i Shabbat. And there's a lot of important ideas. We'll begin with the first halakha. I don't think we'll get past the first halakha. And hopefully, hopefully, we'll be able to get past the first halakha. Let's begin with the words of the Ben Hai. And he writes the following. On Motzei Shabbat, the first thing that we come when we meet Motzei Shabbat, we're in shul. We come to pray Arbit. Even though there, you could pray Arbit from Plaga Menha, 
and the Ashkenazim who pray after Shekiah, technically you can pray Arbit as early as sunset, right? Still, we delay the prayer of Arbit. Why? Why do we delay the prayer? Why do we pray Arbit later than usual days? And the answer is, In order to add from the weekday on to the holy day of Shabbat. We mentioned this in the past as a mitzvah to add on to Shabbat. What does it mean to add on to Shabbat? There's a mitzvah to take from the days of the week before Shabbat and after Shabbat and to add it on to Shabbat. Shabbat should not be only 24 hours. Shabbat should be 24 hours plus. How much plus? We discussed this in the past. There are many different opinions. But this is one of the reasons why we add Motza'i Shabbat, why we add hours or we add time on Motza'i Shabbat or we pray, excuse me, we pray later on Motzei Shabbat, is in order to add time from Motzei Shabbat to the weekday, just like we would do when entering Shabbat. We said that you shouldn't come in when Shabbat, you shouldn't come into Shabbat, you shouldn't stop Melacha right when Shabbat begins. Rather, begin Melacha a little bit before Shabbat begins. Likewise, we don't want to kick out Shabbat. Right? You have a guest, somebody very important, he spent Shabbat by you. You don't look at your watch and say, okay, Motzei Shabbat, yalla, get your bags, get into the car, and out the door, or sayonara, buddy, I don't want to see you again. We don't do that to Shabbat. Queen Shabbat Malketa, we don't want to kick her out. And we delay our beat just to add a few more mornings. How much time do you have to leave? And when do you have to add on to it? Here's the Benish Ha's opinion. Yeah, the time that you add has to be a time that's for sure night. So here the Benish Ha discusses the Minhag in Baghdad. I don't want to read the words inside, not to confuse everybody, but just to tell you that the Benish Ha brings down over here Two opinions in that he had in Baghdad. He says that one should begin praying Arbit. In Baghdad, the minhag was to wait 27 minutes after sunset. 27 minutes after sunset, and that's when you begin Arbit. And he says that his father, Rabbi Moshe Hayim, the Ben Yishai's father, had a minhag of waiting 37 minutes until he prayed Arbit. This is... The halakha, one must add on to the day of Shabbat. How does he add on Motzei Shabbat? By delaying the prayer of Arbit. Don't pray Arbit yet. Wait to pray Arbit until later than the right time. How much more time? And the Minhag in Baghdad at the time. Now we're going to discuss this at length because we're going to see what is the definition really of Motzei Shabbat and everything. But before we get to that, let's just get some points out of the way to clarify What's so important about delaying Arbit? Why? Besides just Kabbalah Shabbat, why should we delay it? Let's begin with the Gemara and the tour brings down. The Gemara Masechah Shabbat says, Amar Rabbi Yoseh. Rabbi Yoseh says, Yehei Let my portion in Olam Haba be with those people. I would love to be part of the people who finish Shabbat, who live in Sapori. Why? What was so special about this place, Sapori? I think they call it Tyre in, 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 in English. Shehaita Yoshebet Bahar. The city was on top of a mountain. And to them, because they're sitting so high on the mountain, they would, the, the sun was still visible to them. And since it was visible to them, even when uh, even at the later time, after what we would see on a regular city, we would see as Shekiah. So therefore, Rabbi Yosef said they would delay Motza'e Shabbat Tefillah. They would not finish Shabbat so quickly. He says, I would love to be part of that city. So that because they finished later. And the Mishnah Rab brings down and he says that even though, Minhaddin, even though it's, you could really, a person could do Melacha whenever the Halacha permits you to do Melacha, Mikol Makom says the Mishnah Rab, 
לכת הלה, it is preferable, ראוי ונכון וכן מנהג כל ישראל לאחד את התפילה כדי שתוסף יותר מחול הקודש. לכת הלה, and this is what's proper and this is what's correct, and this is also the מנהג of all the Jewish people, for a person to delay the תפילה until he adds from the hall until the קודש. This is what Mishnah Barah brings. A lot of people complain. Hey, you know, a lot of shuls where the people are not so learned, and they all complain, why can't we pray Arbit earlier? Well, I mean, it, it, it's over. The time is already over. No. The minhag of all the Jewish people in the history of the Jewish people, as every sefer, every halakha book brings down, that you don't pray Arbit until what you consider Motza'i Shabbat, or at least close to it. So that's why we delay the Arbit. Even though technically you're right, you could go home and you could wait till Motza'i. No, we pray Arbit. Only once we're ready to finish Shabbat and we try to also delay it. You know, if you ever prayed by Sefaradim on Motza'i Shabbat, if you ever go to Sefaradim Shul, you see that the Hazan sings Kaddish. You know why they sing Kaddish? So some will say, yeah, because it's Tefillah and things. Yeah, maybe, maybe today that's what the Hazan is thinking about, the show, look, it's a nice, beautiful voice. But really it's brought down that the reason why we sing Kaddish is in order to stretch out the Kaddish so we could have a little bit more time, to delay a little bit more time. In the end of this halakha that we just read in the Benish Hai, Benish Hai brings from Hai Vital in the name of Hai Ga'un, that when the Hazan says, Barechu Tashem Eborach, and the people respond, you should stretch out the Barech, Baruch Hashem Eborach Lohan Vayed. Stretch out Baruch as much as you can. Why? First of all, it's brought down because it gives you success and it protects you, it gives you Shemiran Hatzlaha. But more than that, it's brought down, you know why? Because... You stretch out the time of Motza'e Shabbat. You, you, till you start Arbit, it's not really, you're not starting Arbit yet, but who is right before Arbit? You want to gain even those moments. You see how even a few moments, how much, if it's a few seconds, even to delay the exit of Shabbat for a few seconds, it shows the love of Shabbat. You know, everybody who was engaged at one point in his life will remember when you're engaged, uh, yeah, only when you're engaged, unfortunately. Anyway, but those times, you know, you're, you're talking to your fiance. And she says, okay, bye. Say, okay, bye. You hang up. No, 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 you hang up. No, no, you hang up. You don't want to hang up the phone. Something that you're very much like, and you, don't, you know you have to leave. You know you have to depart. You know you have to go your own ways, but you don't want to hang up yet. Same thing, Shabbat should be something. It's a queen. It's a kala. It's compared to a bride. We don't want to hang up from, the, from Shabbat. We don't want to let Shabbat go. You leave. No, you go. You go. And we try to stretch it out, even for a few moments, as much as you can. If you want a bigger incentive to delay the Tiflah of Arbit, listen to what the Zohar brings down. And the Benish, uh, sorry, brings down this uh, Zohar. You see in the Zohar yourself. Zohar says something interesting. You know when the Neshamot come back? There's different levels of the Neshamot that are in Gehinnam. There's Neshamot in Gehinnam, and on Shabbat they get a break. That's it. Shabbat, they get off. Don't think it's only America. It's a weekend and it's only us. No. Shabbat and Yom Tov, the people, the Neshamot in Gehinnam get a break. They don't burn. However, they come back. Once a person says already on Motzei Shabbat, he starts Arbit, he, that Neshama comes back already. The Neshamot come back. There are many different parts of the Neshama. Some parts of the Neshama come back a little bit later and whatever. But it, the parts of the Neshama already begin to come back to inside the levels of Gehinam when on once we begin Arbit. So that's why it's good idea to delay the Tiflav the tifla Arbit in order to keep the Neshamot Arv Gehinam as much as possible. But that, Rabotai, is good for you as well. Not just for the souls that passed away, your relatives and only those. That's also good, but for you as well. Because if you, a person has to go to Gehinam himself, they, when do they bring it back? 
They're bringing back the way he kept Shabbat. Shabbat is all from Gehinam. And when does he come back to Gehinam? Well, we look at his track record. Let's see what you did in this world. When did you finish Shabbat? And like you finish Shabbat in this world, that's how you finish it also in that world. So that's another incentive for us to try to delay Shabbat a little bit more. How much should a person delay the the exit of Shabbat? How much should a person wait? So we already brought you a few opinions. First of all, we said the opinion of Ben Yishai and his father, which is 27 minutes, and his father says 37 minutes. Takaf Hayim brings down the name of Ruach Hayim, that a person should not finish Shabbat, I mean, excuse me, should not begin Barikhu of, of, of Arbit until at least 30 minutes after Shekiah. Do not begin Barikhu of Arbit until at least 30 minutes after Shekiah. Those are the minimum times that we find. Could you technically pray earlier? Yes, but like we said, Nalakha says, a person has to pray later. Now, when is the earliest time to pray Arbit? Arbit Rabota is no different than any other Arbit of the week. Arbit, the earliest time to pray Arbit is Plaga Minha. There's a Mahalok in the Gemara. When you can pray Arbit, there's two opinions, and Halakha says you could do either one. Sfaradim hold from Plaga Minha, as you see, any, any, you walk into any Sfaradi shul in the summer, most of them are praying Arbit by Plaga Minha, which means before sunset. The Ashkenazim, even throughout the weekday, will not pray Minha until after Plaga Minha. Actually, we will not pray, sorry. The Ashkenazim will not pray Arbit until after Shekiah, until after sunset. That's the Ashkenazim. Shabbat is no different. Technically, you could pray by Plagin. However, Halakha brings down, only in emergency circumstances is a person allowed to pray Arbit so early. What's called an emergency circumstance? The answer, emergency circumstance, the really, if it's very, very necessary, a person has to ask his rabbi, but... Usually, emergency circumstances, this is something that we all agree on, is the case of an onin. Lo'alein, if a person has a relative that passed away, either on Shabbat or right before Shabbat, basically the relative died and they weren't able to bury him just yet. So, Halakha says that he's an onin until the person who died is buried. And then he becomes an avil. The Halakha by an onin is that he's not allowed to do any mitzvah. That includes making berachot when eating, Answering Amen, praying, saying whatever it is. Any mitzvah is not allowed. Even to the point of answering Amen, he can't even answer Amen. Just one word, he cannot do it. Why? Because he has to be occupied with taking care of the dead body to be buried. And so long as he's going to be occupied with other things, he might get distracted by any mitzvah. He might say, the, uh, he, he, you tell me a lot to do mitzvah, he might go pray and he stretches out. So therefore, no mitzvot, he's not, allowed, he's not allowed to do any mitzvot. He has to drink, he drinks without making berachot. This is only true when the time allows him to be able to bury his dead. But on Shabbat, where a person, we, we're not allowed to bury a person on Shabbat. So therefore, this person who's an onin is not forbidden to do mitzvot. In fact, he has to do all the mitzvot. There are certain things that he's limited from, but otherwise, he's hayab in all the mitzvot, including tefillah, including berachot, berachat mazon, kiddush, etc. So now, when my Rosh Kolel did one time, now, I learned one time uh, a certain family whose father passed away on Friday night. So he told the boys of that family when they came to pray Minha in the shul, it was still before sunset. Right after they prayed Minha, he told them, I want you to pray Arbit right away, right now. And make Havdalah right now, of course. You make Havdalah only with the first and last blessing, Hagifin and Hamabdim uh, Kodesh Lehol. And then you go home. Once sunset comes in, you're ready, not an Onen anymore. You are, I mean, excuse me, you're back to being an Onen. 
and you're forbidden to do a mitzvot. So at least grab the arbit because afterwards you wouldn't be able to pray arbit. The levaya was not going to take place until the morning. And we copied in his way. This is brought down in Yabiyah Omer. says the same thing. And we copied his way one time. There was a person who was in our shul whose sister also passed away right before, an hour before Shabbat. And obviously the burial was going to take place on Sunday. And when he came also on Shabbat morning, he came to shul. We told him that after praying Minha, he should pray Arbit right away. Make Havdalah in the house on a cup of wine. First and last Miracha. And that's it. Let him go home. And... Wait, once already Motzei Shabbat, he can't pay Arbit or say Havdalah. And therefore, at least let me grab the Arbit right now. That's the, that's called an emergency circumstance. However, the Ashkenazim, I don't know what the Minhag Ashkenazim, I only saw brought down in the Sefer. Pesket vote brings down in, in the name of some post scheme. That the Minhag of Ashkenazim, even by an Onin, they wouldn't let him pray Arbit before sunset. So which means Ashkenazim, if a person is in such a situation where Motzei Shabbat is becoming Onin again, he will miss out on Arbit. Okay? Now, this is the mitzvah of delaying Shabbat, delaying the Arbit of Shabbat. But now we come to a very important subject which will occupy the rest of the class. And I really hope we, f- I, we finish it by the time this class finishes. The question is that this is a million dollar question. What time is Shabbat over? Okay, what time is Shabbat over? When do we say that's already Motzei Shabbat? You could go ahead and do melacha. You could do whatever you want. You could drive a car. You could put on the light. For those who smoke and they anticipate and they wait for this, they could light a cigarette. Aye. Okay, in any case, what time is it that we Motzei Shabbat? So, to really understand this answer, let me first introduce it with the words of the Kafa Haim. The Kafa Haim in Siman Resa Mechalef, Alif. He writes the following. He says, Ba'anyan ben Shemashot. And when it comes to Ben Hashemashot, many, many poskim were very confused when it comes to this part. You find so many opinions. There's books upon books written just on the subject. There's no way in a half an hour that we have left of the class, if you give me an hour or two, we're really able to cover the whole subject fully. There are opinions that we find as early as about nine minutes to as late as over 96 minutes, uh, sometimes even 100, 110 minutes of waiting on Motzei Shabbat. What does it mean, 9 minutes or 110 minutes? There are opinions that even up to 110 minutes you should wait Motzei Shabbat Saturday night after sunset to start doing Melacha. And uh, there's, uh, excuse me, there's even opinions 120 minutes. And there's as early as 9 minutes. And the question is, whoa, where'd you get from the, how'd you get those numbers? How come such a big thing? So we're going to try to do, about that, we're going to try, we're going to take, spend some time, it's a little bit, I don't think it's so complicated. We're going to break it up. The subject itself, when you go into the books, yes, it is complicated. But we hope to clarify the subject. They should understand. This, hopefully, you'll understand when people say, I'm waiting, Rabbi Nutam. And you see some people walking out of shul for them already, they're driving, and the other guy says, no, for me, Shabbat is not over. I hold Rabbi Nutam. What in the world does that mean, I hold Rabbi Nutam? So let's begin. To introduce, let's begin by introducing just some definitions that we need to know as we go along. The times of the day are split into three parts. There's three parts of the day. There's what we call daytime, there's nighttime, and there's any time in between. Between day and night, between night and day. That's what we call in English twilight. That's called Ben Hashem Ashot in Hebrew. And we'll discuss what that is. What is the definition of daytime according to Halakha? Torah, open up. Parashat Bereshit, Yom Mishon. Torah tells us, Vayikra Elohim Laor Yom. Hashem called the day Yom. 
He called, excuse me, Hashem called the, the daylight, the light, Yom. What's that light? Hazal tell us, the Pesukim explain. This is referring to this, the, the, even though the sun was created, but the, when there's light in the world, that's called Yom. Which means, whenever you see the sun out, that is considered Yom, daytime according to Halakha. Every single thing that must be done in the day, like for example, Brit Milah, shaking the Lulav, any Mizvot that are, could only be done in the day, Shahrit or whatever, could be done when the sun is out. Now, sometimes you're limited, but okay, that's daytime. What is the definition of night? Well, let's continue in the Pasuk. Pasuk says, kara layla. And Hashem called the evening, the darkness, Hashem called that night. Clearly in the Torah it says, whenever it's dark, that is called night. Okay, what? but that this is very confusing. Daytime, I understand, La'or, when the light is there, which is the sun. When the sun is out, that's called daytime. That's very easy to understand. But what in the world does night, what's darkness mean? It says nighttime is darkness. But what is the definition of darkness? Because when the sun is not there, it's not really dark yet. And the Torah doesn't say when the light is not there, it's called night. It says when the light is not there, it doesn't say anything. It says when darkness is in, then that's called night. So therefore... To understand this, we have to go to the Gemara. And we find in Hazal that there are two different ways Hazal told us what's considered nighttime. Okay? Number one way is by waiting a certain amount of time. The other way is by looking up at the sky and seeing certain simanim, certain signs in the sky. And that's when we know it's called nighttime. What are those things? Let's begin. Waiting a certain time, we find in the Gemara that if you wait a certain time after the sun sets, that it's already called night. It's going to sound a little confusing now, but don't worry, we're going to clarify it later on. But we find two separate times in the Gemara that a person that the Gemara says that a person has to wait until it's nighttime. The Gemara says after the sun sets, if a person waits the distance of three quarters of a meal, a meal is a certain distance, you want to call it a mile, whatever it is, it's the distance of about 1,500 amot. How much is an amma? 1.6 feet about, or 2 feet almost, according to the Hazonish. The time it takes for an average person to walk 1,500 amot, that's a distance of 3 quarters of a meal. That's one place we find in the Torah, in the Gemara, that when you wait after sunset 3 quarters of a meal, it's already considered nighttime. And another Gemara, Masechet Pesachim, the Gemara tells us over there, that from sunset until nighttime, it takes an average person to walk 4 meal. It's a huge difference. We just said beforehand it takes three quarters of a meal, and now we're saying it's four meal. Keep those two in mind, but that's when we'll get back to it. That's one siman that's brought in the Gemara, if you wait this amount of time. Yet, when we look in another Gemara, Gemara gives another siman, everybody knows the following siman. There's also two simanim by looking at the sky. Number one is, if you see three stars, if you see three stars, the Gemara tells us, if you look up and you see three stars, and the Rishonim explains, Ben Yonah explains, we're talking about over here small tiny stars because most people don't understand what a medium size is. Really, the Gemara means medium, but we're going to tell you, wait till you see three small stars, that's already nighttime, and they have to be next to each other. The other Siban the Gemara tells us is when the sky gets dark. To explain this is very complicated. This is not our area over here to really explain it, but it's called Hichsif Ha'alion. What is Hichsif Ha'alion? Basically, when the, where the sun is setting... It's always going to be more light. The sun, by the way, sets in the west, for those who are not familiar, right? The sun always sets in the west. 
and it rises in the east. So when the sun is setting in the west, obviously the western part of the sky is always going to be more light than the eastern part of the sky because the further the sun is, the, the, the more down the sun is going, the sun is setting, the darker it's going to be the exact opposite area where it's not getting any light and that's in the east. So the Gemara says, when you have the east dark, the eastern part of the sky is dark and the top, when you look at the top of the sky, you know, the dome of the sky, you see that there's no more redness over there. Had there been clouds, you know, there's when the sun is setting, you see that redness in the sky. If you don't see that redness from the top, from the upper part of the sky, that's already another semen for you that that's already called nighttime. Good. So we have again, two simanim when it comes to night. Number one, when, when is it considered dark? Dark is night. Equal, night equals dark, dark equals night. When is it considered night? One siman is by waiting a certain time. The other siman is by looking in the sky to see either three stars or to see a certain amount of darkness in the sky. Fine. And what's Ben Ashbashot? What's twilight? And the answer is any time in between. Any time between day and night, that's called twilight. Everybody agrees. All the Rishonim, all the Aharonim in the Gemara, the Gemara itself seems to be posek al at the end of the day, that twilight is about three quarters of a meal. It's three quarters of the time it takes for an average person to walk 1,500 amot. That's what twilight is. Okay? Now we want to focus a little bit on nighttime a little bit because that's our, we want to know when is night on Motzei Shabbat that we can begin doing melacha. We already mentioned the two simanim. The Shohan Aruch, what does he write? He writes in two different places. One is in the laws of Kenisat Shabbat, entering Shabbat, and one in the laws of Motzei Shabbat. In Siman Resamech Aleph, he writes, You know when nighttime is? When a person waits a certain amount of time. Then he waits a certain amount of time, and then you know when nighttime is. Basically, he went with the Gemara that says that night begins after waiting a certain amount of time, which we said, four meal or three, or three quarters of a meal. In Siman the Gimel, the Shohan Aruch writes, that when one looks up at the sky and he sees three stars, then you know it's already nighttime, and that's already Motza'i Shabbat. And here, the Minhat Kohen, quoted by the Bi'ur Halakha, says, from here you see that Shohan Aruch, he wrote in both places the same. He, 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 when he wanted to talk about when nighttime is, he said them in different words. You see from here clearly that the time when three stars come out is the same amount of time that it takes for uh, from sunset until you wait for milin, it's, uh, it's exactly the same time. Both times are really the same. The Gemara is not contradicting itself. The two simanim are different ways. Why should we have two different simanim? Well, think about it. If you're looking up the sky to see when you see three stars, what would happen if the sky is cloudy? How would you know when three stars are out? And the answer is by waiting, right? When you know that the sun set a certain amount of time, if you wait the time it takes for a person to walk for meal, then you know that Motzei Shabbat has finished. Those are the reasons we can explain why there's two simanim in Shulchan Aruch. You're obviously now thinking there's a little bit of a, of a contradiction here, like we mentioned beforehand. The Gemara says that you wait a certain amount of time, but there's a contradiction in the Gemara. In one Gemara it says, from sunset until nighttime, which we defined already, nighttime means three stars, it takes an average person to walk three quarters of a meal. Another Gemara says, from sunset until nighttime, it takes an average person to walk four meal. Before we get to, to the question a little bit more, let's give you a little bit of a background. 
What is a meal? A meal is a certain amount of length of time. There's two ways of calculating when the meal is. In any case, we're gonna use, there's either some hold that's each meal. An, an average person walks in a meal 18 minutes and some say he walks 24 minutes. For us, we're going to go with the opinion that says each meal is 80 minutes. That's the opinion of Shohan Aruch in Siman Tafnun Tet al Therefore, when we say a meal, we mean 18 minutes. So let's get back now to the Gemara. The Gemara says, from sunset, which is for sure day, right? Right before the sunset, that's for sure day. Until the night, it takes three quarters of a meal. Three quarters of 18 minutes. How much is that? That's 13 and a half minutes. Another game that says from sunset until nighttime, it takes an average person to walk four meal. How much is four meal? Well, four times 18 is 72 minutes. So I don't understand what's going on. Is it 13 and a half minutes after sunset is nighttime? Or is it 72 minutes? There's a huge difference here. We're not talking about a few seconds. There's a difference of 58 and a half minutes. So what's going on? What, which one does the Gemara mean? And here we have a mahlokit, believe it or not, and how to understand the Gemara. Let's begin with the way the Rabbeinu Tam explains, and this is the famous opinion of Rabbeinu Tam. When people say Rabbeinu Tam, Rabbeinu Tam, I hope they know what, what they're talking about. Most B'nai Torah, of course, know what they're talking about. But sometimes people say Rabbeinu Tam and they're not sure what, the, what it really means. Here now you'll see what it means and you'll feel good about yourself. You'll know that Okay, now you know when somebody tells you Rabbeinu Tam, you know what you're saying. Rabbeinu Tam says, one Gemara says that it takes from Shekia, sunset, until Motsai Shabbat, until, excuse me, until nighttime, it takes three quarters of a meal. Another Gemara says it takes four milin. How could it be? Says, you know why? There are two different types of Shekia the Gemara is talking about. We are familiar with the famous Shekia, sunset, which we know is when the bowl of the sun goes below the horizon. You're looking at the horizon and you see the ball of the sun. Once it goes below the horizon, then you know, okay, right now it is sunset. Rabbi Atam says, yes, that is true. But that's called the first Shekiah. Gemara is telling us there's another Shekiah. There's another sunset. What is that? That's when the rays of the sun, you know, the best way to see it, if you take a flashlight and you put it on top of a table, and you slowly take the bowl of the flash where the light is coming from. You slowly take it under, under, under. You see, although the light is under, you don't see the flashlight. You see the rays of light still coming out. So although the sun is sinking and it's going below the horizon, you can't see the ball of the sun, but you still see the rays of the sun. The rays of the sun still shine in the day. It's not going to be pitch dark. So that's not called Shekiah 100%, according to the Benu Tam. That's called the first Shekiah. And that's still daytime. That's the Gemara just means to tell you that when your ball sets from your eyes, it's nothing. Real Shekiah, where the Gemara is telling us that you have to wait three quarters of a meal, that happens 58 and a half minutes later. That's called the second Shekiah. So it comes out that according to the Benutam, when we see the ball drop, when we see the sun is below the horizon, it's still daytime. It's not nighttime yet. You know when night, begin, when night begins? 58 and a half minutes. It's not even nighttime then. 58 and a half minutes, that's when the rays of the sun already also start to go below the horizon. And 13 and a half minutes after that is fully night. Combined, that's 72 minutes. That's why, according to Rabbeinu Tam, 72 minutes after what, what we call sunset, which means after the bowl of the sun sinks below the horizon, that's when already 
is considered fully night. That's where the Benu Tam resolves the two Gemarot. Why does one Gemara say three quarters of a meal, another Gemara says four milin? One Gemara talks about when the sun is sinks below that what we don't see. 58 and a half minutes later on, the rays of the sun already begin to sink under, and that's when we begin Ben Hashma Shot, 13 and a half minutes, until finally 13 and a half minutes later, which is a total of 72 minutes when it's fully nighttime. However, the Geonim, Rav Shreda Gaon, Rav Hai Gaon, Rav Nisim Gaon, as well as one of the biggest Aharonim, the Gra himself, they explained, no, that's not, that's not the Halakha. They say, because the, the Halakha is simple. Like the Gemara says, the Gemara says, once we see the ball of the sky, excuse me, once we see the ball of the sun sink below the horizon, what we call sunset, you start counting, that's Ben Hashemashot already. Ben Hashemashot begins right then, which is Safek Yom, Safek Laila, 13 and a half minutes already, afterwards it's fully night. So it comes out that according to the Ben Utam, let's say Motza'e Shabbat, Motza'e Shabbat will not begin according to the Ben Utam until 72 minutes later. According to the Geonim, no, after sunset, 13 and a half minutes after sunset, you can already begin Motzei Shabbat. Are you going to ask me, what happened? How's, how in the world are the Geonim going to explain the contradiction in the Gemara? To that, the Gemara says, the reason why the Gemara tells us of two different times, one place it says, 13 and a half minutes after Shekiah, there is already night time. It says already, another Gemara says that Four meal after, which is 72 minutes after sunset, is set The Gemara is talking about over there, if you look at the Gemara over there, that's a Masechet Pesahim. It's talking about a debate between the rabbis and the, Jew, and the non-Jewish scientists. And they're discussing the universe and different parts of the universe. And therefore they were talking about when the, star, the, the sky gets full of, of stars. We know that the sky gets full of stars at a certain point in the night, and that's it. That's how it's going to be for the rest of the night. But it doesn't happen in one second. It's gradual. It begins with a few stars, one star, two stars, three stars, and more and more and more stars. Then it gets to a point when it's completely full of stars, and you're not going to see any difference afterwards in darkness. It's complete darkness. Whatever stars you see now, that's what you're going to see an hour later until the morning. So when the Gemara says that 13 and a half minutes after our sunset, it's talking about three stars. When the Gemara says that four meal, 72 minutes after sunset, is Seta Kochabim, a different Gemara, that's referring to when the sky is full of stars. When the sky is full of stars, that only happens after 72 minutes. But the Halakha, the Gra, goes with the Geonim, that 13 and a half minutes after sunset is already considered nighttime. And this, by the way, would be applicable in both, in in. Shabbat coming in and Motza'i Shabbat. We're going to focus right now mainly on the uh, Motza'i Shabbat. Now, even though we said this is the opinion of Rabbeinu Tam, sounds like he's the only one, I want to give you a list, Acham Avadiyah Yosef, Zatzal, and Yabiyah Omer brings down of all the Rishonim that follow the opinion of Rabbeinu Tam. He says, they are the following. Ready? Just pay attention to the name. Just to show you how many people are with the opinion of Rabbeinu Tam. Don't think Rabbeinu Tam is the only opinion over here. Here we go. The Ra'abad, the Raza, Ramban, Rashba, Ra'a, Ritva, Ran, Rab Magid, Ohel Mu'aid, Samag, Rokeah, Mordechi, Rabbeinu Peretz, the Rosh, and Rabbeinu Ham. All of these opinions, according to Chama Madiyah, he proves it, of course. All of them go with Rabbeinu Tam. Does not, we're not talking about only one opinion. Okay, that's great. 
That we explained the Gemara. But we don't know now, Halakha Lema'aseh, you said this is a, a practical Halakha class. Halakha hours when we discuss practical Halakha. So what in the world? What do we do Halakha Lema'aseh? Well, Maran writes in Shohan Aruch, he says that, he goes with Rabbeinu Tam. He says that from the time the sun sets, when we don't see it anymore, until another 15 and a half minutes, it's considered completely day. And it's only... Afterwards, after 15 and a half minutes, we can begin to count this amount of Benesh Mashot, which is 13 and a half minutes. So it comes out, according to Maran Shohan Aruch, that when it comes to Motza'e Shabbat, a person should wait 72 minutes until Shabbat finishes. Now really, technically, it also applies to entering Shabbat. But what we discussed already, that the Minhag is that everybody accepts Shabbat when the sun sets by Shekiah. Nobody today, Has Shalom, will accept Shabbat after Shekiah. Once upon a time, maybe, and there was, not maybe, there was, but in our days, everybody accepts Shabbat by Shekiah. Even though Maran writes that really Shekiah is like Rabbeinu Tam, which means it only begins 58 and a half minutes later after what we know as Shekiah, that's not the Minhag of all Klalisel, all of the Jewish people, no exceptions. Everybody accepts Shabbat by the sun setting. What about Motza'i Shabbat? So you might say, listen, Shohan Aruch, Maran, and even the Ramah agrees with this, Ramah doesn't disagree with this. So Maran, Ramah, everybody, everybody should wait, Rabbeinu Tam. However, the Minhag is not really that way. The Minhag is that most people do not follow Rabbeinu Tam. I want to read you the Hidda. The Hidda was written about, the Hidda lived about 200 years ago. And listen what he writes. 200 years ago. Yeah, Minhag Ha'olam. Says the Hidda Mahazik Barakha, the following words. Minhag Ha'olam apis barata ge'onim. The minhag of everybody is based on the geonim, which means that right after the sun sets, we begin this man of Ben Ashmashot, which is three quarters of a meal. And this is the minhag, even though Maran writes opposite, and we always say, we go with the Shuhan Aruch. Over here, it's a minhag, and therefore this becomes the Torah. And they have what to rely on. You have the Geonim. But if a person wants to be stringent like Rabbeinu Tam, you get a special blessing from the Hidda if you hold like Rabbeinu Tam. But one cannot stop the people who are lenient. And therefore, the Minhag of the majority of the world, like we said, is not to wait Rabbeinu Tam, but they wait beforehand. How much beforehand? So you might say, okay, there's only two opinions. Either Shabbat finishes at 13 and a half minutes or Shabbat finishes at 72 minutes. But if you look, I have a list over here of poskim. I want to just go through a list. The poskim, the Ahronim, when they wrote, when Shabbat is over, everybody says by the way, all the Ahronim, almost Kamaat everybody, that Shabbat comes in by sunset, like we said. Now, that's not debatable. We're not even discussing that. We're talking about him, what's say Shabbat. When does Shabbat finish? You'll find that most opinions did not go with either Geonim, which is 13 and a half, or Rabbeinu Tam. Let's begin with the following. Ready? Ben Ishai, we already mentioned, he says, you know, it's about 27 to about 37 minutes after sunset. The Kafa Hayim brings down that the Minhag in Eris Israel, in Syria and Iraq, was to wait 40 minutes. Even all the whole Middle East, they wait 40 minutes after sunset for Shabbat to be over. The Gennad Veradim, who was the Abedim in Mitzrayim in Egypt, the Kafa Hayim brings it down, he says that they waited about 36 to 44 minutes for Shabbat to be over. The Hazon Ish himself, the Hazon Ish, Ashkenazim even, don't think it's only Sfaradim. Hazon Ish was known to wait 40 to 50 minutes in Eres Israel. The Belz Rabbi, the Maharab Belz, he used to say 50 minutes in Eres Israel to wait 
after sunset. Rab Chaim Na'e in Kisot HaShulchani brings down that in the winter, Motzei Shabbat is 24 minutes, and in the summer it's a little bit longer, 30 minutes. And there's a book called Dvar Yom, written by Rabbi Bronfeld. Somebody showed it to me. He brings a list of poskim, over 80 different poskim, over 80 opinions that don't go like Rabbeinu Tam and they don't go like Degonim, which means they choose a time in between 13 and a half minutes to the time to 72 minutes. So what's going on? The real question is, what's going on? We just learned the Gemara. We reviewed it. We know the two opinions. Either you hold 13 and a half minutes or the 72 minutes. Where do all these times come from? And the answer is what the Gra said. When we gave those times, the Hazal told us, you wait arba meal, four meal from sunset until Motzei Shabbat. This is talking about in each place according to the horizon, the place that you're living in. That means it could be that the times will change based on where you live, 100%. When the Gemara was talking, it was talking their place and their times. But where you live, then you have to follow. You look up at the sky and you see that's your siman. Once upon a time, people don't have watches. And how would they know when Shabbat is over? You look up. When you see the siman, three stars, or when it gets dark, that's already when you know it's Motzei Shabbat. And that's how everybody did it. And all the poskim who brought all these different times, they were going based on the places that they lived in. And that's why they, we find so many different opinions. All depends where you live. So now, okay, let's get to Halakha Lema'aseh. What do we do? Clearly, the Minhag is not like to wait like Rabbeinu Tam. The Minhag, I'm saying, according to the majority of people, right? And not to go with the Geonim. So therefore, what should you do? Well, number one is, if you have a Rav, go ask your Rabbi. If you don't have a Rav, get a Rav. If you have a Rav and you don't trust the Rabbi and you're not so close, you want to know, okay? So this is what I personally tell. I, the regular people in the shul, by Sfaradim, by us, what I tell them is to wait 40 to 50 minutes in America. I, over here, you wait between 40 to 50 minutes at least. This is what I recommend to the guys in the shul. At least wait 40 to 50 minutes. If you could do more, 100% do more. If you could do Rabbeinu time, even the best. But if you could, again, I want to stress, 40-50 minutes at least. If a person could do more, should definitely do more. Hakam Abadiyah has a tshuva in Halek Beit, and he speaks very, very strongly to wait 72 minutes even in Eres Israel. And he says, even if you, a person says, okay, Minhag, we understand the Minhag, but because Shulchan Aruch, and because you have all these Rishonin that we listed, hold, you have to wait 72 minutes so therefore, a person should is very strongly uh, urged that he should wait 72 minutes, at least B'nai Torah and Yerei Shemaim. People, Yerei Shemaim, Yerei Hashem, and B'nai Torah, they should wait 72 minutes. Now, somebody is asking over here in the text line, and he wants to know, what about Hakam Baruch Zatzal? So you have to know, Hakam Baruch Zatzal used to be the uh, chief rabbi of, uh, of Brooklyn over here, and he gave a certain time for, for the kahal, what he felt the kahal. I don't believe that he himself waited that long. I don't know. I'll have to ask his son. So I never spoke to him personally about when the time was over. So also, this is important to keep in mind. Although the halakha tells, there's many rabbis, like we said, there's so many different opinions. We have to know what is deen and what a person, and depending on the person, people, the, the gedolim were always posik also, how much the people were able to handle in a certain time. Like we saw, Hakam Badiyah is very mahmir. He says 72 minutes a person. And he says, although the minhag is not that way, but at least a person who, could, who should try to do it, a person should strive to do it. Benet Torah should strive to do it. And then we come to the opinion of the Gadol Ador in America in the last generation, Rab Moshe Feinstein. The Grot Moshe has a very interesting way 
of calculating the time. But most, first of all, before we begin to say the opinion of Rabbi Moshe Feinstein, I want to tell you what he writes over here is in, in his introduction to the tshuva. He says, even though we cannot come along and start telling, saying which opinion is correct and which opinion is correct. Why? Because there's questions on which opinion, on each opinion has its own questions. Still, he says, We have to be stringent in the opinions of when Motsay Shabbat is, like the two opinions. And he says, that's the way it used to be in Europe. He says, we can't decide who's correct. The Geonim, Rabbeinu Tam, who are we to decide? And therefore, he says, we have to try to be as stringent as we can. So based on the Gra that we said beforehand, the Gra says that when is... When the Gemara says the the sky is full of stars, when it says Arba'a Milin, right? It says in the Gemara, Arba'a Milin means, according to the Gemara, it's full of stars. And each place, depending on its time and horizon, is place and horizon. So Ramosi says, so really it comes out, the Rabbeinu Tam who says that Arba'a Milin, four Milin after Shekiah is really Motzei Shabbat, it means four Milin is when the sky gets full of stars, right? So he says, for New York and New Jersey, and he believes this the same way for the rest of America as they told him, when he was in the summer camps, he said he tested it himself, and he saw that when it comes to 15 minutes after sunset, the sky is full of stars. And there's no difference 15 minutes after sunset to an hour or two or to midnight. The same stars will be around, which means that's called Arba'amilin. And therefore, Arba'amilin According, uh, according to the Moshe finds in, in America, in New York particularly, equals 15 minutes. So technically, Rabbein Utam, if a person wants to keep Rabbein Utam in America, he's, if he waits 15 minutes, he technically keeps it. But he says at the end, Only people are in a rush and they have to go, according to Moshe Feinstein, then you wait 15 minutes. But for others, he says, especially B'nai Torah and Yereshem, he said they should wait 72 minutes, even up to 96 minutes after Shekiah. That's the opinion of Ramosh Yifanzi. So let's summarize, pretty much done. According to the poskim, there's a big discussion when Motzei Shabbat is. We find so many different opinions throughout all the poskim. And therefore, what should a person do? If you have a menhag, if you have a rav, so you ask him. If you don't, it's strongly, we're going to give you the grade A. It's strongly encourage a person should wait at least 72 minutes after sunset. If a person cannot do so, then at least 50 minutes. If not, at least, at least 40 minutes. Less than that, I cannot say. You have to ask your own rabbi and you have to get a heter than that. Me personally, I cannot go lower than 40 minutes in America over here. person must find and go with his rabbi and see what he tells him. Just to point out though, that when we said to try to keep Rabbeinu Tam, this doesn't mean you keep Rabbi, necessarily you have to keep Rabbeinu Tam like this for all of the, of the what's it called? You have to keep it for every single law that had to do with, with the nighttime. At least for things that are the oraita, like for example, Motzei Shabbat or Motzei Yom Kippur, that you keep Rabbeinu Tam. Other things which are the Rabbanan, for example, like let's say 
Motsa'eh Ta'anit. When the fast, let's say, Shabbat Sabbat Tammuz finishes, or Tisha B'Av, that's all the Rabbanan. You don't have to wait Rabbeinu Tam. 40 minutes, even 50 minutes, that's already very, very good if a person wants to wait for things that are dirabanan, some say even 35 minutes. So therefore, a person who wants to be mahmid bin utam, try to do it with doraita at least. Some are mahmid doraita and dirabanan, true. There's some communities and people mahmid doraita, even doraita dirabanan to hold like bin utam. One last question, and we'll leave it with this. And just before we finish off, we want to say that anybody who wants to call into this radio station to ask any questions, I'll be here after the class. Answer any questions, 718-683-5858, or you can text it in at 347-927-8398. And this will be aired on again tonight if anybody wants to hear it. Question is as follows. How can you tell me to wait 72 minutes and then it's going to become nighttime when I look at the sky and I see that it gets dark way before 72 minutes? So what do you tell me? Wait, Rabbeinu Tam, wait 72 minutes. It gets dark way before that. I see three stars before. Doesn't the say three stars? Well, I see three stars before that. And the answer to that is that Rabbeinu Tam also had the sky. And not only Rabbeinu Tam lived in Europe. Rabbeinu Tam was going explain the Gemara in that lived that were the rabbis in the Gemara lived in Iraq and Israel. And Maran Shulchan Aruch who lived in Sfat in Israel, he also had a sky and he also looked up and he still ruled like Rabbeinu Tam. Obviously, what we call three stars and what the Rishonim and Maran are calling three stars is not exactly what we know. So therefore. When we say to go with the Rabbeinu Tam and to, and to wait Rabbeinu Tam, yes, even though to our eyes we don't see it that way, must be they're talking about something that we don't understand. We'll finish with this. If anybody has any questions, we'll answer them. Next week we'll continue with the laws of Motsa'i Shabbat. We want to give thanks to Iran and JRU Radio and everybody for listening. Until then, have a wonderful week. Shabbat Shalom.